Welcome to the Bright Mind and Body Podcast. I'm Amy, a certified personal trainer and life coach. Listen in as we discuss relationships, mental and emotional health, fitness, and the mind-body connection. When did you last play? Like, actually have the kind of fun you had as a kid before you cared what others thought of you or how you looked in public or that you looked silly? Over the years, I've experimented with gamifying my exercise. Think approaching fitness with a more childlike outlook. That's what we'll be talking about today. And I have my very special guest, my boyfriend Nino, joining me. All right, so we are joined now by Nino. Hello. Hi. Hey. You may remember him from episode one, where we were talking about finding your person. And I'm so happy to have him back because today we'll be talking about, as I mentioned in the intro, gamifying the outdoors. So Nino has a really strong background in athletics. And when did you start your athletic career or or basically when you first became interested in sports or athletics? Um, basically at a very young age. My mom kind of had a theory that she would throw me into everything and eventually I would figure out what I liked and what I didn't. And um, she really did. I mean, from an early age of soccer, baseball, wrestling, karate, football, basketball. And then as I got older, it started to thin out to the things that I really focused on, which was... um, you know, football and baseball, um, mixed martial arts, and then, of course, going into the Marine Corps. Um, After that, I really focused on lifting um, triathlons and basically cycling and running. So you've done a lot of traditional types of sport. So things that you went through school and were involved in a team, or maybe it was a, a solo type of thing where you're doing gym workouts or you're training for an event. So that's basically like what you would say your background kind of was. Yeah, pretty much for the most part, whether it was a team sport or individual effort, it was more focused and organized. Gotcha. Okay. (laughs) So what I'm going to be kind of introducing or maybe talking about, um, is a little bit out of left field. It's a way of addressing activity or or trying out activity in a way that involves either a challenge or a game that you play solo or with your friends. It's not as traditional like the sports that you played when you were younger. Um, And it's based on a lot of imaginative play. So did you ever play... um, like games with your friends when you were little that weren't like soccer or things like that? Like, did you ever play like the floor is lava? Those types of things. Um, no, but we did play like tag, manhunt, mm-hmm. um, things, things like that. Yeah, I think so many people have those types of games that they played when they were little. Like Red Rover was a big one for me or dodgeball. I mean... That's not traditional, but I loved it so much. And then you do get into things like manhunt. Like I remember climbing trees with my brother and his friends and 
doing like flashlight tag or flashlight yep. hide and seek. Um, and I also remember when I was younger, we played this version of Marco Polo, but it wasn't in a pool, which granted that doesn't sound like it's the safest thing, but we did play it in a giant field at recess. So some of the things that I'm going to bring up to you, I want to know if you would play them today. So not a lot of grown-ups or adults would think of doing these things in their daily life because of being self-conscious or being nervous about what they look like and they think that it's too childish to do. Um, so I'm just going to give you a couple things that I've actually done that <laughs> I've done as an adult and see what you think. So one of my favorites is while hiking, playing the floor is lava game. So the objective is as you're going on the hike, you decide on say like rocks or brick or bricks, rocks or roots or boulders. That's the safe space and touching the ground is the lava. So you basically have to do the trail. You can do it as fast as you want, but you have to go through and only touch the rocks or the roots. I mean, that gives it a whole new perspective of the hiking. <laughs> yeah. It also, I mean, it it allows you to look at it differently, too, because now you're focused on the game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it becomes competitive because you definitely don't want to fall. Yeah. Or touch something wrong. And you want to, you want to, of course, achieve it as quickly as possible. Yeah, and I think that you look at the environment differently too because you're you're kind of scoping out things in a different way rather than maybe if you're really used to hiking. Um, that's where it came for me. Like I used to hike um, a trail near here that was super popular but very rocky. So this was something that was totally doable. Not all trails are going to, you know, let you do this. But it also has you move in a completely different pattern, which I think is pretty cool so that is one of my favorites the next one is shadow running I used to do this one when I was um I would say like later teens when I was trying to be cool and be a runner but I just was so not a <laughs> runner so I would go from one shadow to another so basically going out of my house and say find a big shadow from a tree and if it was a partly cloudy day that was perfect because the clouds would kind of roll through and that's when you could have free reign to run wherever you needed to otherwise you would set a time and kind of be like i have to run from this shadow to that shadow in under 10 seconds type of thing so it's a lot of sprinting and a lot of looking yeah a lot of, of sprinting crazy um would you do that one I mean, I, I think I would try it. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it may necessarily work for me like a full time, but it would be something to try to change up training, mm -hmm. especially if you're trying to do some speed work or sprint work. Yeah. Just get your heart rate up super fast, quick. Like that would that would be something fun to achieve that. Yeah. Plus, the other cool thing is when you're doing it, you might not run on a straight path or, you know, the typical path that you would usually take. So you're just going where the light takes you or where the shadows are, basically the negative of the light. And I think that one, um, there was actually a Nike ad 
years and years and years ago that I saw someone doing it. And I think that kind of inspired me to do it. So the next one, this one is a little more involved. So invisible running is another one. What is that? (laughs) So that you, you kind of come up with rules. It's more fun to do with a friend, but if you try to run through a course or a place unseen by other people. So imagine you're at a park on a Saturday and it's pretty crazy busy and you pick one point and you want to get to the other point unseen. You have to figure out how to do that as quickly as possible. Okay, so you're just running now, but yeah. are you well, low you, crawling? You are could you do, you could do hiding whatever. behind trash cans Oh, and 100%. Trees? Yeah, you okay. would absolutely be hiding behind stuff. So, yeah, you could do some bear crawls in there too. Whatever, maybe even some uh, tree climbing. <laughs> Interesting. Would you try this one? I would try this one, but I feel like this one would be more of just a game mm-hmm. and not so much of achieving exercise i think you could find it fun in order to like you said it's definitely something to do with a friend because i think that's what makes it really interesting because you and your friend know you're the only two people Mm -hmm. trying to be you know concealed as you move towards whatever you've created to be your objective point (laughs) So I think that that's what would make it fun. Yeah. And that one, it's fun when you're in a cityscape too. Because if it's something that's like a more unfamiliar place, but granted you feel safe, of course. You're going through and you can like cut down different alleyways or you can go um, down different streets. And sometimes you'll find stuff that you never knew was there and you get to adventure a little bit. Um, And another option you can throw in are penalties. So if someone does get seen or you notice that a person sees your friend, they have to do something. So like what? Like 10 push-ups? Yeah, or? exactly. Okay. So it would be like uh, another little set of maybe exercises or something like that. So I think that's something that could totally, um, totally become exercise in a way. Okay, another one is point running. And that's not as unusual because I have heard of people doing this before, but you run from one point to another point to another point, and you don't really know it until you're at that point that you decide on the next point. Okay. If that makes sense. So that one um, is good when you have a lot of open space or landmarks, things like that. Mm-hmm. Have you done that before? Or- um, actually... Well, it wasn't really point running, but it was it it's it feels like it could fall into that category in the Marine Corps, and you may have heard this too because they do it for exercises other places. We would do fartlek runs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And basically, it's a point running, but once you get to that point, you're required to do whatever like twenty five butterfly kicks mm-hmm. or you know. 50 sit-ups yeah. and then you get up and then you run to the next point mm-hmm. so it, it it was similar to that those were always those always became challenging because 
one, they would make them longer, mm -hmm. but you start to fatigue at every, yeah. every station and it really takes a toll on you yeah. as you go to the next one and then the next one. And the, so I always found those challenging. Those were fun to me. It's like a grand circuit, mm -hmm. like just huge. Yep. So how many stations or points would you typically have? Um, we would probably do, I don't know, maybe eight stations over a course of oh my gosh. maybe two miles. Okay. So they would incorporate it like that. You're literally getting your cardio and your resistance yeah. training at the same yeah. exact time. <laughs> oh, it was definitely, it was, it was challenging. It was fun. Yeah. That's something I would actually like to try. I like the sound of that. All right. Our next one is Oregon trail biking. And I have told you about this one. This is something I did when I was definitely much younger, but I lived um, in the country and we had a lane between our house and the neighbor's house. And I used to pretend that I was on the Oregon Trail or our Pony Express and I was delivering mail. So I would use my bike and my bike was my horse and I would pack like a little lunch and everything. And I would be biking from my, my parents' house to the neighbor's house. And <laughs> there were all sorts of dangers along the way. Um, like you could get robbed, you could get um, bitten by a snake, like not in real life, but in the game. Um, and you were trying to get the mail there as fast as possible. And then as soon as I would get to the neighbor's house, it was kind of like the end goal. But then that's when their German shepherd would always come out. So <laughs> I was really, oh I was already tired from like getting there. So then trying to book it away from a German shepherd that's just loose and running after you <laughs> on your bike. After you're tired already. Exactly. And trying to get home. So um, I think that that's something that you could kind of like maybe look at that as like a long distance ride and kind of making it an adventure. Um, maybe even if you mix in like camping or something. I think that would be a cool aspect yeah. to add in. Being able to do whether you're road cycling or mountain biking. Mm -hmm. And you have a mapped out ride yeah. where you actually do stop, mm -hmm. you know, not just to get food or refuel, but you're setting up campsite, hanging out there for eight to 10 hours, yeah. you know, and then you're picking up in the morning to continue to move on. Mm -hmm. That, that's just the thought of that's just exciting because yeah. it's like, wow, this is a real ride. And when you're on your bike that long, you kind of, or I kind of look at my bike at least as like, almost like you would look at your horse. You're like, yeah, we got this. Like we got through this ride together. Let's keep going. And you want to take care of it and maintain it as you're going. And it's just, it's you and a machine getting through this. Oh, know? that's, I 100% agree. When yeah. I was training for my Ironman and I would have my long cycle days, mm -hmm. like, my mantra during my Ironman, because in the Ironman, there's the cycling leg is 112 miles. Oh, my god! So during that portion, my mantra, because heads down, I'm just staring mm -hmm. at my quads. And it was just push, pull, push. But yeah. my mantra was like me and the bike yeah. become one with the road. Mm -hmm. So it kind of goes back to like you said, you feel... You know, even though like the bike is separate, it 
you're you're gelling with it now yeah. because you're on it so long. Yeah. So to be able to do those long rides, but also mix in some camping and maybe some sightseeing, mm-hmm. like that's that definitely sounds fun. I say we do that this summer. <laughs> that would be cool to map something out to yeah. where we could just get some you know on the cycles yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. But that would be really cool. All right, the other one, you may have experienced it in gym class, but I think it can be applied to running or biking, um, train running or line running, where it definitely requires two or more people. But say you have five people running in a line, um, the last person has to speed mm-hmm. up and get to the front. Yep. And as you keep running, the last person continues to rotate to the front. So there's that little burst of speed that you have to mix into your endurance pace. Yeah. So. That's something that I love doing on a bike. I'm not a runner, and I remember field hockey. I would have to do that in high school, and that was over the summer like for tryouts and stuff, and that's when I kind of decided I'm not going to play field hockey. <laughs> I don't want to be doing this for the rest of my weekends. Um, but definitely biking, it's something that um, I like to do it even when the person's not <laughs> knowing that I'm doing it with them. And granted, it's fun when you're doing it with a friend, but I think you mentioned this when we were talking about this episode, kind of picking a person. With the running, yeah. Yeah, do you want to talk about that? I just call it catching your mark. Yeah. So especially, this is a lot of fun when you're running, whether it's a trail or an actual running path, to just get you focused on something else besides, okay, today I have to do, you know, six to eight miles. Mm-hmm. I'm not really feeling that. But when you start catching your marks, basically all it is is you look in the distance and you see someone running and it's like, okay, I I have to I have to catch up to that person. And then you catch up to that person, you you give yourself you slow down your cadence a little bit and then you look forward to find that next mark. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you're you're logging those miles yes. way faster yeah. without even realizing it. But you're getting, you're doing it at a at a greater pace than what you're normally because now you're motivated by catching that mm-hmm. mark, and it does become fun because it, it. it does get addicting, especially yeah. if you go out on a Saturday morning run on the path. Like there's a lot of people out there, and there's quite a few good runners so it makes it challenging like okay i gotta bring my a game now mm-hmm. no that's definitely my favorite thing to do on the bike on the path because i know my bike isn't necessarily built for speed it's a cyclocross so it's not yeah a road you bike. on your bike though is built for speed <laughs> i i think that's what makes me love the challenge because i know it's it's kind of a sleeper like I'll be riding and I'll see a person in full kit on their road bike go by. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's my mark. And I'll try to like catch up as quickly as possible. And then once I do, I'm like, okay, I got your tailwind, you know, (laughs) just taking a little bit of a break. But then I eventually want to like blast past them once I get my, my strength back. But then they're like, no, (laughs) now it's a competition. And I think sometimes other riders pick up on it. So then you get this, like the... Well, that's what happened to you the last time you went down to Georgetown. Remember, you were coming back and you said... Oh, yeah. You you and that, those two or three three bikers were playing leapfrog. Yep, 
Yep, that's a good way to call it, leapfrog. Um, and then one of the last ones, uh, upriver kayaking or swimming. That's something that when I'm home in Pennsylvania, when I'm visiting my dad, um, we have property right on a river. And I grew up swimming in a river. And we always had, we were very fortunate, always had access to some sort of like a boat. Like I have a kayak. Um, we had swim fins, those kinds of things. And if you swam down river, it was like the stronger current. So we didn't really swim down river very often. It was more, okay, we're going to, we're just going to putz around um, the boat ramp, for example, or we're going to go over and play on the island because we had a little island that you could swim to. Um, but one summer when I was like 15, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to swim as far up river as I can. So I put on my swim fins and the coolest part is you can just kind of like lay back. So you're just doing like a backstroke or not even moving your arms. You're just kicking. And with the fins, it gives you that little extra boost because you're going against the current, but you're still getting an amazing workout. So I would be going upriver and all these like canoers or kayakers would go by and they're like, okay, hey, you know, like what's she doing? She's just popping. You're going the wrong way. (laughs) And it's not as noticeable when you're swimming, but I would kayak and every summer or even in the fall when I would go up, I would try to go as far up river as possible. And it definitely depended on how flooded it was. So granted, you could go further because of the islands if it was more flooded, but the current was much stronger. Mm. So if it was more shallow, you could still get up river, but sometimes you would be getting out, pulling the yeah, kayak, pulling the kayak and then the like low hopping spots back in in a set of rapids and trying to like power through the rapids and getting up further. And I mean, that's one of my favorite things. I've, I've even done it stand up paddling. And that was, um, that was a few summers ago, but I loved it. Is that something you would do? I mean, it's definitely a good workout, probably not the swimming. I mean, that was swimming. I'm, I'm not built for swimming. It was definitely, something that I had to practice the most. I even got a swim coach when I was doing my triathlons mm-hmm. just because I, I really needed that instruction. And yeah. it, it was super helpful. So I think I would pass on the swimming part, <laughs> but I, I do enjoy kayaking. You're built like for when kayaking. I was, <laughs> totally. I mean, I told you stories about when me and Barnfield, when I was living back in Jersey, we would... We would go out on the kayaks fishing, but we'd go out all day and just mm-hmm. paddle all over. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I enjoy that part of it, plus the challenge of just getting up. And then, you know, the motivation is you get the cruise back down. Mm-hmm. So, regardless how far part. up you go on the way <laughs> yeah. on the way down, it's super easy. Yeah. Because you just, you just take the Especially on a current. river, it's yeah. so nice and relaxing where you're, especially like a nice sunny day. I would usually go um, like a little bit before sunset, I would do it because it would be a little bit cooler. And then you would come back as the sun was setting and it was just perfect. It was like you put in all this hard work, you're sweating, and then you just get to relax and watch the sunset from the middle of the river. It's just, I think that's such a cool thing. So I'm cool. Uh, I'm glad that you tried that. I think that's that's pretty awesome. So do you think of any other 
potential things that you could kind of gamify when it comes to exercise. And this doesn't have to be outdoor stuff. This could be even something you do in the gym. That's something um, I haven't been able to fully figure out, like how to gamify a workout in a gym. I'm probably that bad to ask about You're that in the gym because I'm very routine and <laughs> hyper-focused. Yeah. I go in there, I, I know what I need to hit. I know what I'm working out and I want to get in and I want to get out. So yeah. Plus the other thing is gym workouts are so much about your form. So you don't want to be, you know, racing through something or trying to, um, you know, unless you're doing plyometrics, right. <laughs> for example. But a, but a good thing for you know, as far as trying to figure out how to create something like that in a gym environment, uh, I mean, there's so many good class workouts. Yeah, that's true. That create a fun environment that is challenging, but it's 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 easier because now you're not feeling overwhelmed, whether it's by machines or you got to get into a squat rack or, oh my gosh, how's my form? Mm -hmm. A lot of it is body weight and just, you know, cardio movements to get your heart rate up to where you could do a 40 minute class and you come out feeling good. Yeah. So, I mean, that if people are looking for different variety and they don't want to do that traditional, oh, I need weights or, that but they also don't want to turn into just hey i just want to get on a treadmill mm -hmm. you know that that might be an option to look yeah. at yeah and i think with um a lot of the the things from the list that i mentioned you'd be working on your speed and agility for sure mm -hmm. so a lot of it could be cardio based yeah. and then like you said with the fartlek running and um the potential penalties of invisible running you could be mixing in some resistance training mm -hmm. using body weight um those types of things. But I think that it's a pretty good list and I'm proud of it. <laughs> would you would you be interested in in trying something off the list maybe this summer? I would do the point to point run. Uh-huh. As I mean cuz you could do that in an urban environment yeah. and actually we would turn it into a farlick run because whether we can make it if we're running from one point to the other and uh -huh. we hit a stoplight instead of just running in place. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll do 30 jumping jacks or we'll get down and do 20 push-ups. Um, we'll be creative on what happens when we come to a crosswalk or mm -hmm. a stoplight and then just do a big lap. I love that. Yeah. And I think the cool thing to take away from this is that this is something that it's obviously something that's really fun to do by yourself and you might have a little, I don't know, you might feel a little bit more freedom to be a little sillier, but I personally feel like I could do a little bit more crazy things with you. Like it would just be fun because we would just feed off of each other's energy and it would just be really funny. And instead of push-ups, we could do like really bad dances or something, <laughs> especially in public. It's even more fun that way. <laughs> Always something. Yeah. <laughs> so I think um, one of the last things I also want to point out, um, it sounds like it's silly and it's just for fun, but I think there really is a benefit to trying to gamify your exercise. I think that part of sticking to any sort of activity and improving your mental health involves finding what physical movement you actually enjoy. 
because if you like it, chances are you'll want to do it again, and that's going to build your consistency. Um, I know with a lot of these things, like it just became so enjoyable to me, like the upriver swimming. It was something that I just wanted to do every day that I was up there. So um, I hope this helps the listeners maybe look at exercise and movement in a different way and give yourself the freedom and the ability to let loose and play like a kid again. And if you could figure anything else out that we haven't mentioned, but you think would be fun or you tried it and it actually was fun, please let us know. Yes, I would love to hear. So please leave a comment, uh, leave some suggestions. All right. Thanks for listening. And Nino, thank you so much for joining me again. And thank you for having me. (laughs) Yay. Liked the show? Leave a review. Loved it? Hit subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Bright Mind and Body and online at brightmindandbody.org. Thanks for listening.